Welcome back to the Sports Season Podcast. I'm your host, John Contreras, with my co-host, Adam Garcia. And we're back again. Mm-hmm. We're back, man. It's it's the time of the year. It's the it's the best time of the year for us football fans. It's time for the big game. The big game, the Super Bowl, NBA trade deadlines happen. All all times, all types of shit is going on in the sports world, and that we did not cover. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're gonna cover it today. Staying up late to do it, but that's the dedication we have. That's the dedication, and also usual recording time. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Say, so let's kick it off, huh? Yeah. Right. Let's get it. We're first going to talk about the Super Bowl, man. We got the Kansas City Chiefs going against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, man. I'm expecting this to be a pretty damn good game. These two were the number one seeds in their respective conferences. They both got the bye. They both, like, but usually, like, I'd say they've both been able to handle their way through the playoffs. Like, I know for the Chiefs, like... Uh, you look at the scores, like, against the Jaguars and, like, against the Bengals, and you see it's only one score, but, like, I think they played, like, relatively fine in those games. Like, I, don't, I didn't think it was, like, like too close that the score indicated. So, I mean, we got two heavyweights here. We got Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback, and now MVP, which we found out now. So, yeah, we found out that uh, Patrick Mahomes went won a second MVP on Thursday. So, yeah. And then uh, is now taking on Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Man. Well, uh, I know this is your team, and they're in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm going to discuss a lot about it here since it's your team. All right, so the Eagles have are are the first seed right now, and they're in the and obviously they're in the Super Bowl, and they basically destroyed the like all the teams they played. They destroyed the Giants, played them, played amazingly, out, just basically out talented them, and and beat a, a very a, a tough 49ers defense. And I and I say that because Brock Purdy got injured during the game because of Hassan Reddick, and we the Eagles handled them pretty easily. Both teams. And, and um, I they I I think the team is getting a lot more disrespected than than they deserve. Like, I, like you can I I guess you can say that like um, we had like an easier playoff playoff road to the Super Bowl, but like that's that's how that's how the rules work. Like that's how it works sometimes. And and plus, like we I don't think we've been getting a lot of respect during the season, and I think Jalen Hurts has been getting disrespected a lot this week, but. Specifically from Nick Ray of all people, <laughs> and, and like uh, this team, it, it, this team is a very deep team, probably the most complete team in the league. In, in the league, if you would agree, I don't know if you do. Yeah, I mean they're the best roster on paper in the league, and it's not even close. Yeah, like I think, but I think like we most of the things that 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 we have are better than the Chiefs, but there's one X factor in that, and that's called Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I don't know, man. But like the Eagles, like good, go on offense, go on defense. Like it's just, it's just been a good team. I don't know if we're predicting, are we? Yeah, let's predict it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And good offense, good defense for for the for the Eagles and <clears throat> destroyed and like destroyed both the competition that we had. And then the Chiefs, like as Adam said, like has had a little bit of a harder road to get in, but they performed like all right. 
I say the oh here we go. Okay, yeah. I say the Eagles are gonna win twenty-seven to twenty in a close game. I think Jalen Hurts is gonna have it is gonna have a, a really good game, and I think he'll lead us to the Super Bowl. And I think the Eagles will win because I want them to. Who do you think can win MVP? Uh, I'm gonna go with the shocker here. I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with Hassan Reddick. Nice. All right, Chiefs, Eagles, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. I mean, this is all what we've been looking forward to. I can't believe the season's already over, man. It's been some season, and now it comes down to this one game in Glendale, Arizona, where the Cardinals play. I think it's the State Farm Arena or State Farm Center or whatever it's called. I mean, this is going to be a banger of a game. Philadelphia's favored and the betting stuff and all that. But, man, I mean, these two teams just match up so evenly. Like... Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, like how I said earlier, the MVP from this year. Jalen Hurts was the runner-up for MVP. You got uh, two studs out there and Travis Kelsey. And then for the Eagles receivers, you got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I mean, you got weapons everywhere for both places. And then on the defense side, you got Darius Slay, Legereus Snee for the Chiefs slay for the Eagles. I mean, you got like obviously the Eagles' dominant defensive line, who I'm pretty sure set the sack record or got close to it or something like that. Close. Yeah, I think I think like four players had like ten sacks. I think some crazy like that going against the Chiefs' amazing offensive line, led by their center Creed Humphrey. So. I mean, oh yeah, and we for sure too, uh, for sure have the best two centers in the league in this game with Jason Kelsey and and Creed Humphrey. My other man, shout out to Jason Kelsey and, Dra- and Travis Kelsey, man. We got the Kelsey Super Bowl that a lot of people were rooting for, man. So one brother's gonna have bragging rights for a little bit. <laughs> Whoever wins this game, and it's gonna be funny to watch their podcast episode. But all right, anyway, for my prediction, I was going. Back and forth on this because at the same time, I don't want to be biased. I feel like uh, maybe I'll be called biased. But and then at the same time, I look at Philadelphia and I'm like, oh, man, like they're here for a reason. I mean, they stomped through the Giants and, and the 49ers, albeit 49ers with injuries. But still, they still stomped them. Anyway, two number one seeds, the two heavyweights in their conferences, but my prediction is I do think Patrick Mahomes will win second Super Bowl and second Super Bowl MVP. And I have the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles do not get their second Super Bowl in five years. But, I mean, at least they made it there. So, I mean, great job to both teams for making it. But at the end of the day, I am going to say that the best player in the league, Patrick Mahomes, wins himself his second Super Bowl to go alongside all his other fucking achievements, like five AFC championships, uh, two regular season MVPs. You already know Patrick Mahomes and the most yards in a single season this year. I mean, he's on pace to be the GOAT, man. Uh, He's such a special talent. I'm going to say that he gets himself his second Super Bowl and his third time already going to the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? Three times this man has been to the Super Bowl already. So, yeah, I'm going to say Mahomes and the Chiefs come out on top over the Eagles. I'm going to say for a score prediction, I'm going to go 
with 20. No, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go 34 Chiefs and then to the Eagles, 24. So I'm going to say it's a pretty close game throughout it. Patrick Mahomes gets himself a touchdown in the fourth quarter to put him up by 10, and then that's where they win the game. And then, yeah, as my Super Bowl MVP, I do have Patrick Mahomes winning it. So I think this is going to be a damn good Super Bowl. I mean, we got Rihanna performing. This is going to be a fucking great Super Bowl, man. Hopefully, like, one for the years to come, man. Hopefully one that we look at and say, damn, that was a damn good Super Bowl there. So... I mean, I guess that does it for the NFL, right? <laughs> Already, it's just just the Super Bowl we've had to talk. Oh wait, no, never mind. No, we have more to talk about the NFL. It's just for the, well, that's it for the Super Bowl. But uh, we are now in the off season, essentially, for the NFL, and with that comes some coaching fires and hires, man. I mean, we can start off with the fires that happened. Obviously, we know, like, Nathaniel Hackett, Lovey Smith, Cliff Kingsbury, Frank Wright from earlier in the year. And then uh, he wasn't fired, per se, but um, uh, fucking Steve Wilkes is no longer the coach for the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to go over each move that has happened so far. We're going to grade it as well and, yeah, just give our opinions on it. So, first off, let's start off with the first one that happened, and that was the Carolina Panthers job. Their old coach, Steve Wilkes, who is now the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. So, yeah, so there's a spoiler if you know who the 49ers defensive coordinator is. But anyway, the Panthers hired Frank Wright, the former Indianapolis Colts coach, to be their new head coach. And, man, I don't know about you. I don't know why Frank Wright got fired. Uh, I mean, I feel like almost any coach would have, like, a disaster with how Indy was this year, especially with their quarterback situation with Matt Ryan and all that, Sam Ellinger and, like, Nick Foles, even that little part towards the end of the season. So, I mean, it it was just horrible for Indianapolis. And then Frank Wright got most of the blame. He was fired, I want to say, like, eight wins. I mean, eight, eight games in the season, something like that. And, yeah, he was fired. And then uh, didn't wasn't hired throughout the season, and then now he's immediately hired again to be a head coach, and now he's the coach of the Panthers, man. You got to remember that he did take the Colts to the playoffs that one year with Phillip Rivers and all them where they beat the Bills. So uh, he does have a playoff win on his resume. You got to remember as well, he was the offense coordinator for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, he obviously has playoff experience. I mean, and then that disaster in Indy, I don't know if that'll happen here with Carolina. I mean, Carolina, you got a very high draft pick coming up. I think it's like the seventh, eighth pick. They're hopefully looking to take a quarterback. I think with this move, pretty much solidifies that they are. Whoever they get, that's still unknown, but I think Wright will do very well with them. Like how he worked with guys like Carson Wentz and like how I said earlier, Phillip Rivers and like like that little part in Indy as well. So, yeah, man. So, I'm going to say, though, that this was a great hire by Carolina. Again, don't know why he was fired by Indianapolis, but... He, he did, and now he's the coach of the Panthers. I'm going to give this grade. I'm going to give it a B plus, man. Th- this was a great hire by the Panthers. Yeah, I, I would I, I would agree. I think this is a good hire for the Panthers. As you know, Fra- Frank Reich, former a- Indianapolis co- head, 
Okay. Former Colts head coach who led them to the playoffs two times and once with Andrew Luck, where they won a playoff game and, and lost to the Chiefs. And another time with Phillip Rivers, which they lost in a close game to the um, – I'm not remembering this, but they lost. I'm not going to remember, but they lost a they lost a close game with Philip Rivers in the wild card. You know, like he's he he's had a, he has a good offensive mind. Worked with a lot of mobile quarterbacks. That, that's kind of like his. That's kind of like the, the main quarterback he works with mostly, except for Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers. Versus a lot of old people, but yeah. Frank Reich, you know, like before that, he was head coach, no, offense coordinator for the for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017 when when they won Super Bowl and was a big part of, of the reason why because because they changed the scheme with Nick Foles around and then got hired by the Colts did amazing things there led them to the playoffs at two times got a playoff win and then and he kind of fell apart because they Andrew Luck retired and they and they still made a play and still made the playoffs once but they didn't win. And then blew up everything, and then and they trade for Matt Ryan, <laughs> and then the quarterback situation got worse, and then, and then out of I guess some, um, what's the word? Um, what the fuck is the word? Um, yeah, I don't know, but like just Jim Mercy fired him, and they brought in as you know Jeff Saturday. <laughs> And but I think this will be a great thing for for the Panthers, as you know, he has a good offensive mind, and they're in a big and I think you would agree their best part is their offense right now. And whoever and and whoever that quarterback is going to be, whether it's going to be like someone like Sam Donald or like a drafted quarterback, maybe Anthony Richardson, like maybe I don't know, maybe if they draft one or maybe if they stick a Donald or sign one, I don't know. But I think I think it'll work well, well with the, with the Panthers' offense and and helps about as well as well. We really, really bring out a new, new part of the offense we probably haven't seen before. Probably lead more with the rush and lead more with the rushing game, as we saw with Tube Hubbard and Deontay Foreman late in the season after Jim McCaffrey. I think this can be good. I think this can be good things for for the Panthers. I, I, I would give it. An, I would give it an, an A minus. Wait, do you say that the Panthers' best part right now is their offense? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I, I disagree strongly, but. I think it's because of the quarterback. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Well, we have two more to talk about, and this was the big one right here, man. On January 31st, we had two coaching hires, but the first one happened with the Denver Broncos. Their former head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, remember, was fired late into the season last year after a loss to the Rams. I mean, they uh, now have traded because remember, uh, Sean Payton is still a, a, like part of the Saints, like well he was now, but they traded for Sean Payton and his rights from the Saints. So yeah, I mean, they traded the Broncos. They traded their first round pick, which was number twenty nine, and then a twenty twenty four second for Sean Payton. And the Saints' 2024th third-round selection will go to the Broncos along with Sean Payton. So, I mean, immediately I'm giving it a great A+. Um, Sean Payton is one of the best coaches that I've seen in my time watching the NFL. I mean, uh, obviously that stuff with, like, the... Uh, the, you you all know the stuff with the Saints that happened like um, over like ten years ago now with like them paying to like hurt players and shit. Yeah. Where he got he was part of it and all that. 
So, yeah, like, I mean, other than that, I have such huge respect for Sean Payton. I mean, he's one of the best coaches I've seen. And now he gets to go to Denver and hopefully try and fix this mess that is the Denver Broncos offense because I think we both agree their problem is not the defense. Their problem was the offense this year. And now you get Sean Payton to help out Russell Wilson, who you're still paying a shit ton of money to because you just signed into that huge-ass contract. And then hopefully, I mean, you get Javante Williams back next year. Hopefully, Cortland Sutton takes a step. Jerry Judy, along like uh, Doltrich, I think his name is their tight end. Hopefully, I mean, he changes up that offense and has the Broncos looking more like what we thought from this year of them hopefully like on the boundary of making the playoffs or even into the playoffs you know Sean Payton can definitely do that with the Broncos I mean (laughs) this man is unbelievable what he did for the Saints and all that endless playoff seasons and all that I mean it it's just perfect perfect coaching hire so not too much to say about it it's an a-plus move it's the best move made so far in my opinion I think I agree with you. I think it's an A plus. I think it's probably the, the best hire out of all of these. By far, I think you would agree, right? Correct. And you know, Sean Payne. I think he needs no introduction here. I think you guys already know. I think most of the people that probably listen to this already know who, who he is. So, Sean Payne, former head coach of the, of the Saints, and I'll, and I, I forgot who who else he coordinated for, but I, I'm not going to research that because it's too late. But Sean Payne, former head coach. Of the, from a head coach of the Saints, and got he obviously got traded. Like how, like he helped a bit rebuild the Saints, the Saints like the whole identity. Because before Champagne got there, they were a losing team. They were a losing team that that never won anything. I I don't even think they won a playoff game before that time, if I'm correct. Shit, man, I, I it was just a, it was just a disaster. Like they couldn't get the head coach right. Like like it was just a disaster over over there. At, and at the at the Saints before Sean Payton got there, the best player was was Archie Manning, and that was years ago. That was like way past Sean Payton's time, and 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 he brought and he helped rebuild the, the Saints. Obviously, signing Drew Brees to form one of the best QB head coach duos in the, in, in the history of the NFL. Won a Super Bowl, multiple playoff appearances, and a lot of disappointments. <laughs> and. But but Sean Payne is one is one of the best is one of the best offensive minds in the game, and, and he'll obviously be a big help to Russell Wilson, who obviously sucked this this year, and and, and the whole Bron and the whole Broncos team, which they do not have picks. Which if they don't get this fucking thing, if Russell Wilson is playing up, they're so screwed. Um, but but yeah, I think I think Sean Payne is going to be a, an excellent hire. I think it'll help up Russell in the offense a lot. It'll, it'll benefit them a lot. And I think it's an A plus. So once again, I think it's, a, it's an excellent, excellent hire. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, that was quick. Like, I mean, no introduction, no introduction, as you said, like for Sean Payton, one of the best coaches we've seen. But the third and final hire happened on the same day as the Sean Payton deal, and it was literally like an hour after that. So, I mean, January 31st, that was like a huge day for head coaching hires. So that remains with two left, but the Houston Texans have found their guy, and that was defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, D'Amico Ryans, to be their new head coach. As we know, 
Lovey Smith was their head coach the past this past year. They went uh two fourteen and one, I believe. And um they got the number two pick because they slipped up. Uh wait no, they went three thirteen and one, I believe, actually. Yeah. Yeah, they won their final game. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh they messed up because they didn't get the the number one pick, so maybe that's why Lovey was fired. I doubt it, but yeah, Lovey Smith was fired immediately after the season, and then you know they um they fired uh David Cully the year before after he was only there for one year. So yeah, there's that, and they now hire D'Amico Ryan's, and man, I mean, I gotta get this an A. I mean, I wanted D'Amico Ryan's to be a coach last year, man, but he he stayed with the Niners. And he is now the head coach of the Houston Texans, where he played, man. He played, like, in the NFL, his career there with Houston. Houston did, like, a welcome back. Man, it was so great to see that. If you haven't watched that, go watch it, man. It's pretty pretty awesome what the Texans did. The Texans have been a dysfunctional organization, to say the least, man. And they now get a coordinator, now-turned-coach that I respect so much in the 49ers, turning this defense into the best defense in the league this past year. And then, obviously, one of the best in the league the past couple of years. Ever since Robert Sala got hired to be the Jets head coach, D'Amico Ryans has not missed a step at all. You can even say he maybe took an upgrade. That's your personal opinion. It doesn't matter. But, man, that – I mean – 49ers are just fine, and defensive coordinators that are unbelievable. The Kyle Shanahan tree is super strong, man. And then now they have Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator, so just keeps getting stronger. So, but anyway, D'Amico Ryans, I mean, this is going to be a great hire. I don't see him firing them, firing him after one year. Obviously, they're probably not going to do good again, but they now hold the number two pick, and I'm almost confident that D'Amico Ryans is going to pick a quarterback to work with, whether that be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or maybe they trade up to the number one pick. Maybe they love one guy more than the rest, and they trade up one pick to get him. Who knows? But this is a great move by the Texans right here, someone that I well respect in this league. And, man, I got to give it an A. I'm not going to give it an A-plus because the Sean Payton one was an A-plus, and I'm going to give it just a regular A, but... This was a fucking home run pick by the Texans. I'm gonna give it a B, a B plus because I'm not gonna give it an A because obviously you know you know I'm not I'm not sure how we're not sure he's, if he's gonna be good or not. But like anyway, D'Amico Ryan's you know has been the Fortnite's defensive coordinator for the last two years, been doing excellent stuff after replacing Robert Sala. And and clean that Fortnite's defense and was good was was good the year before and then amaze and the defense was amazing this year one of the best you know the best in the league I don't know why I said one of the best but one of the best one of the best in the league like shutting down offenses all around no no one no one could push could push that defense around except for but but then they lost in the championship game and then. And then yeah, we all know. But D'Amico, but but D'Amico Ryan's did get hired by the Texans, for, former, which he which he formerly played for in his best years with, with the Texans, and, and I think this, I think it's a good hire for them because like you know they need they need a, a good head coach with with a lot of with a lot of experience. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, um, with some, with some good experience and, and a former player as well, so he knows the Texans organization well. And I think it's a good. I think this will be a good hire. I think he'll, he'll much well with the players, 
And yeah, I think it'll be good. Absolutely. So remember, we still have two more coaching hires, two more head coaching uh, job openings still, and that is the Arizona Cardinals because they fired Cliff Kingsbury, and then the Indianapolis Colts because we don't know what they will do with Jeff Saturday, which they're honestly probably looking like they're going to bring him back, which would be a huge-ass mistake. But anyway, (laughs) like, uh, yeah, but we'll let you all know whenever those two spots get filled, but Anyway, let's move on, man. That now does it for the NFL for right now. All right. It's time to move on next to the NBA, man. It's been a little bit since we addressed the NBA. (laughs) But, man, why not talk about it now? Because the trade deadline just happened. And, man, we just had the craziest trade deadline, arguably, in NBA history, man. I mean, first, we just got to start off with this move, right? The, the the Dallas Mavericks added Kyrie Irving after trading for him from the Brooklyn Nets. They get Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris, and then the uh, Mavericks give away Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick. So that kid is literally like 12 years old right now. And then two future second-round picks, man. I mean, like, if I'm giving it a grade for both sides, I mean, obviously, this is a huge high-risk, high-reward, right? Kyrie Irving, you know what you're going to get from Kyrie once he's on the floor. But the question is, can he stay on the floor? We all know Kyrie takes breaks and for stupid reasons. Like, I'm not even sure, Cody. Like, I mean, he can take a break from literally just saying, oh, I'm fucking t- I'm tired and worn out. Like, it could be the earth is flat, he thinks, one day. Like, it can be anything. So, I mean, you 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 know you're taking a risk with Kyrie Irving, but, I mean, man is averaging 27 points this year. Like, he he's a stud when he's on the floor and he's actually playing, which he has done this season. I will give him that. So, now that is the second domino to fall for the Brooklyn Nets' big three. And man, just just wait till we talk about that other trade. I'm pretty sure you know what we're talking about already, but still. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, the Mavericks, you get Kyrie Irving, get Marquise Morris. Morris can be a good bench guy, but Kyrie, you now get him to form the best backcourt duo, in my opinion, with him and Luka Doncic, man. You get him, and then you can put Kyrie either at the two, which they probably do. I would assume Luka stays at point guard, and then you can put Kyrie at the two, and that's the best backcourt in the league, if you ask me. So, W trade for the Mavericks. If I had to give them a grade, I would go with the A-. minus. It's just Kyrie's got to stay on the floor. That's literally it. And then for the Nets side, you get Spencer Dinwiddie back. Remember, he was there with the Nets, I want to say, for like five years. And then you get a very good, like, role player in Dorian Finney-Smith. Man, he's a nice 3 and D guy. I mean, he can shoot very, very well. Very good defender for the Mavericks this year. Dinwiddie. He's been averaging 18 this year. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, like, I would imagine he's probably going to be your starting point guard now alongside Cam Thomas now, who has emerged as a very nice player, scoring like 40 in three straight games. So that, that's that been very good for the Nets. And then Dorian Finney-Smith, I would imagine he's probably going to come off the bench after they made another trade, which I'm not going to talk about just yet. So, yeah, he's going to be one of the best bench players for your team to have. I mean, uh, like how I said, nice 3 and D guy, can shoot and defend very well. So, another – I would say the Nets got a pretty good package. I mean, 
I thought they were getting a little bit more. At least maybe not a 2029 first round pick. I thought it'd be like a little bit closer. And then only two future seconds. Like, I thought maybe you would get like two first round picks for Kyrie, but they only got one. So it is what it is. And it's in 2029. So I'm going to say the Nets get a lower grade than the Mavericks for me. I'm going to go like a, a B minus. They get they get two good players, and then they also get some decent draft capital. But I I thought that they would get a little bit more for Kyrie. So yeah, I'll go B minus for the Nets. I I don't know, but like <clears throat> as you know, Kyrie as Amory told you, Kyrie is is now a Maverick, and I have a, a bit concern. I'm a little bit less optimistic than Adam is on it. I have a lot. I think I have a lot more concerns with it, as you know, like Kyrie Irving, like you know, as Adam said, he just go, just leaves whenever he wants to, and then I don't think he has any injury issue. I mean, I, well, not this season at least. I don't think so. But like, he, but like, there's some injury issues as well, and like we already know what Kyrie brings to the table. He's a good scorer. He needs the ball in his hands. He can shoot. He can dribble. All, all that shit. And and has shown with LeBron with playing with LeBron that he can play off ball, so maybe that diminishes one of my arguments a little bit. But with Luca, as you know, like even even with Kyrie here with Dallas, it's still gonna be the Luca show. I think you would agree with that. Hundred percent. Like it's still like it's gonna be Luca's team. Like I think everyone in the world knows that it's not gonna be Kyrie's team. But like yeah, and like the and like they gave up like Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Who who are very who are two good players, you know, Dorian Finney Smith, a very good defender, and it would be a nice addition for the Nets who are which I if I'm remembering correctly, they are not that good at defending. They're not a good defending team. They have been all right this year until well they blew everything up. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. And then Spencer did then when he former net as well, a nice scoring option for, for the Nets, alongside Cam Thomas and I can't believe I'm about to say this Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, Ben Simmons, Jesus Christ, and and like I, th- and for the Mavericks, I I th- I have a lot more concerns because like, I I wonder how that fit's gonna be because you know both players are are are, are ball dominant players that need the ball in their hands to be most effective. Well, as I just said, Kyrie can can play off ball, but I don't know if he I don't know if he's willing to do that still. I think it's a I think it's a really strange fit, but I think it could work. I think it could work and. My, and you're losing Dorian Finney-Smith, which for a team that's not good at defending, they, and they lost probably their best defender on the team. I think it's gonna be worse for them. And plus, and not and plus with a team that's not a good defending backcourt, the defense is gonna get a lot worse now. And like, I'm not gonna talk about losing Dinwiddie because you already got a better scorer in Irving and Kyrie, and Kyrie but, but. My biggest concern with it is if it, if you're gonna lose your best defender and a pretty good and and also a, and also a decent scorer and and a, and a decent passer and, and and like if you don't resign him and like put him in, into put him onto extension that that you automatically lose you lose that trade you automatically lose that trade and I think the Nets got a pretty de- pretty decent haul for for what they got for for for, for Kyrie. I, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a, a B because because of all my issues, because all my issues that just that I just mentioned. I'm gonna give the Nets also a B. I don't think any team won or or lost. I think it's all gonna come down to it if Kyrie's gonna sign the extension. 
Yeah, I mean, I would imagine he's going to, but again, it's Kyrie at the end of the day. We don't know. He promised the Celtics he would resign, and well, we all know what happened there. So, anyway, I guess we won't talk about like the the other ones that happened, like that, like oh, the Heat traded Dwayne Dedman to the Spurs, or like the Kings got Kessler Edwards for fucking draft rights. Like, we won't do that, but we'll talk about like. Uh, the Raptors adding Yaka Pirtle back to their team from the Spurs. They got uh, Yaka Pirtle in the trade with the Spurs, and the Spurs received Ken Birch along with a 2024 first round pick, 2023 second, and a 2025 second. Um, as a Spurs fan, I thought we would get a little bit more for Pirtle, not gonna lie. Pirtle's a very, very good player, and now I believe he's gonna be coming off the bench for the Raptors, so. And, or maybe just until he learns, like, the fucking game plan or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, Jakob Pertl spent his first couple seasons in the NBA with the Raptors. He was traded in the Kawhi Leonard deal from the uh, Spurs when he was traded to the Raptors. That's when they got DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. So, yeah, he's now going back to the Raptors. And, well... The Raptors are getting themselves a very good center in Yaga Pearl, man. He's been here for, I want to say, the past five years now. I mean, he's almost averaging a double-double. I mean, he's he's just been a very, very, like, key part for the Spurs. And, well, the Spurs really haven't been competitive with him on the roster, but... I mean, he's been one of the few bright spots, we'll say, with the Spurs over this time. He's really emerged as a very, very good center to have. And now he's going to the Raptors, who didn't decide to blow it up, man. Because they are, like, I want to say four or five games under 500 now. And people were thinking, oh, OG Ananobi might be available. Maybe even uh, maybe even Pascal Siakam. And, well, they didn't, man. They kept those two. They added Yaka Pirtle, so they're going to try, at least make it to play in, I would assume. So, I mean, there's that for the Raptors. You get a, you get yourself a great center. I'm going to give the Raptors – I'm going to give them a B on this. I think it was a pretty, pretty good trade for them. And then for the Spurs side, Kim Birch, um, I'm pretty sure he's not going to play for the Spurs. So – yeah, what they do with him, I mean, whatever. He He's literally, like, benched up, and that's on the Spurs. So, yeah, but you get one first-round pick, and that's in 2024, and then, it's again, it's the Raptors. So, we don't know, like, whether it'll be a good pick or not. Like, we'll have to see in next year if the Raptors are doing good or not. But we get their second-round pick this year, so hopefully if they don't make the playoffs, then that should be a pretty good second. And then in 2025, we get their second, see what happens there. So the Spurs, obviously, we know they're one of the worst teams in the league. They're obviously rebuilding. And, well, they proved that, man, with this trade, sending Yanka Pirtle, their starting center, to the Raptors. And so now I believe it's going to be like Zach Collins starting or someone like that wrote this fucking pain. But anyway, the Spurs, young team, Kilden Johnson is their best player, man. So that really says it all for you. So, yeah, they're going to have a top five pick, hopefully, this year. And hopefully can get something good in the draft. And, I mean, they're just going to have to keep rebuilding for a couple years. That is what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping the Spurs do. Again, I thought we would get a little bit more, but I'm all right with it. I'm also going to give them a B. I don't think any team won this trade. Uh, again, like we'll just have to see what that first-round pick turns into and all that. 
So yeah, I'm gonna go B for both teams. I don't know if anyone won this trade. Yeah, so like Yaga Pirtle, as you know, has been the starting center for the Spur- for the Spurs for like the past five years, ever since the Kawhi trade happened, which <laughs> that's painful. But but Yaka Pirtle has been a very productive player for the Spurs, you know. Been the big man for, for for five years. Decent score, good rebounder. I think a decent defender as well, if I'm correct about that one. I'm not too sure about that one, though. Mm-hmm. Except when guarding Jaw, because Jaw just posters his ass every time. Yeah, I, I guess. But but he's been. But point is, he's been a very, very productive player for the Spurs. He's been one of, one of our best players for the past five years, ever since Kawhi trade. And as you know, the Spurs for the past few years have been not good, but and not making the playoffs, so I mean, we, so the Spurs just decided to just trade him for basically a, fir- a first-round pick and injured Cambridge. And I, I agree with Adam that like it, I feel like we should have got a little bit more, but it is what it is. I, I like that we got a first, although it's it is a protect protecting one, but I like that we got a first. We got we got some we got some draft capital along that way as well. So I. And I think this would be a very good, good addition for the Raptors, as you know, the Raptors are playing a little bit of small ball right now. Basically, returning with almost the same roster, if I'm correct, if I remember it, from last year. Like I, I don't know about that one, but, but, but he'll be very keeper a team that is missing a lot of size. They're a very under undersized team. I think that I, which. They don't have it. Like, I don't think they have a true center on the team, like Kembridge, Even though he is a center technically, but he's he's a very undersized center. I think he's like I think he's like six nine or six ten, which is very short for a center. But but Jakob will add some will add some will add some valuable size, some rebounding and defense for for a team that doesn't really have that doesn't really have that center. So I think he'll be a very good addition for for the Raptors. I think I'll, I'll give the Raptors a B plus and, and I'll give the Spurs. A, a B, a B minus, because like I, I wish you got a little bit more in, in return for him, but I'm okay. I'm okay with this since we got with since we got a first round pick in, in return. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to arguably talk about uh, the third biggest trade, in my opinion, from the trade deadline that also happened, and that is that the Los Angeles Lakers made a three team trade. Along with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz. Man, let's just run over this trade real quick. All right, in this deal, the Los Angeles Lakers will get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Timberwolves get Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a 2024 second pick swap with the Lakers, a 2025 and 2026 second round pick from the Jazz. And then the Jazz get Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Damian Jones, along with a 2027 first-round pick that is the Lakers pick. So, man, huge trade that went down. Let's talk about it. I'm going to start with the Lakers first off. The Los Angeles Lakers, man. Wow, they've been something this season. I still believe that at this current point they're – uh, 13th in the West. They're not in the play-in yet. But yet, they're only like a couple games out of the play-in. So, I mean, they make this move, and they're saying, all right, let's 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 go, man. 
it's time it's time to not even just make the play and it's time to make the playoffs now so I mean, this is a win-now move for them. Obviously, they had to do this. Russell Westbrook this season has been coming off the bench for the majority of the season, and he has been, like, the worst. Like, I mean, 16, 6, and 7, like, that's, like, we're coming off the bench, it's okay. But, I mean, Russ, we obviously know, like, he is shooting horrible, like, 30% 30% from three, 42% from the free throw. I mean, no, sorry, from the field goal line. Fucking even 66% from the free throw line as well. I mean, it's just not been that good of a year for us. I mean, we all knew that he was not going to be on the Lakers next season. Like, whether he was going to uh, leave in free agency or if they were going to trade him at the trade deadline. And, well, they decided let's get some value while we can. We don't want to like lose him for nothing. So they make this trade. They also uh, send Juan Toscano Anderson to the Jazz. And I would imagine the Jazz are going to buy out Russell Westbrook's contract and he'll be free to sign with any other team, maybe like the Heat or Clippers or something like that. And then they get a first-round pick as well. So uh, it's good for the Jazz. But again, the Lakers, you get Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt as well. Two guys on the Jazz this season that have been like, okay. Like, we all know the Jazz. They had that very hot start to the year. They've cooled down ever since. I still think they're in the play-in. But, I mean, I would imagine they're probably going to fall out of that. Like, Jared Vanderbilt is a great defender, man. He is a, like, oh my, like, he is a great, great defender. And the Lakers get that. But he is not the best offensively. So, that is the one thing about Jerry Vanderbilt, but other than that, he's a great defender. And then you get Malik Beasley, who's kind of the opposite. He's he's a kind of a good scorer and all that. And then defensively, he's like all right, nothing, nothing too special. Definitely not on the same level as Jerry Vanderbilt. So the Lakers, you get that, and then you also get from the Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell. Man, D'Angelo Russell, a former Laker. Man, he was there his first couple years. And then he was traded to the Golden State Warriors. Remember that? I mean, no, sorry, to the Brooklyn Nets. And then it was the Warriors. But, yeah, he was traded to the Nets. The Nets made the playoffs that one year where they were, like, super fun to watch with D'Lo. But ever since then, it hasn't been the same D'Lo. He's now back in L.A. And, man, hopefully they they make the playoffs with him. He says he's ready for the playoffs and all that. But we got to see if they make it there. So, yeah, he now becomes the Lakers' new starting point guard. And, well, we know he had a horrible year to start, right? He was horrible to start the year. But he's been he's been pretty good recently. I think he's averaged, like, 20, like, these past couple months and all that. So, it's pretty, pretty good for him. He now is the starting point guard. So, you'll probably run a lineup of, like, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Rui Hachimura, LeBron, and then uh, Anthony Davis. So, pretty decent starting line, if you ask me. You get Vanderbilt off the bench. Along with guys like Austin Reeves and like I mean like uh, all other players as well that the Lakers have, so Lakers don't look too bad. I'm gonna give the Lakers, in my personal opinion, I'm gonna give them an A. They, I think they made the perfect trades here. Rob Palenka said, "All right, I gotta I gotta do something here," and he pulled the trigger on a trade, man, and it was a very good trade. And he, uh, he's, he did another one that we're going to talk about later. 
So, I mean, uh, good move. Good move for the Lakers side. I'll give them an A. For the Timberwolves, be a little shorter on this. You get Mike Conley. You get Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I'm not going to lie. I was high on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Really isn't that good. So, yeah. I mean, he'll be a good bench guy, whatever. And then you get Mike Conley in the trade, who's now your starting point guard. I would imagine at least he's going to be the new starting point guard. Um, he's obviously not what he once was, right? Like, he's not Memphis Grizzlies Mike Conley anymore, or even when he was on the start of the Jazz. Like, not that same Mike Conley. So, you now get him as your starting point guard. Uh, I think they're still in, like, the play-in as well, maybe a little bit higher. So, you get some experience with him come playoff time. Anthony Edwards, I mean, he was just named the all-star replacement, so he's now an all-star. We all know he's a stud. Carl Anthony Towns be coming back soon. Still got Rudy Gobert. Timberwolves are looking all right, man. Then you get three seconds as well, one from the Lakers, two from the Jazz. I think it's an all right trade uh, for them. I would have liked for them to get another point guard besides Mike Conley because Mike Conley's just not been the best this year. But, I mean, it, it's all right. Like, he at least has experience come playoff time. So, there's that. So, I'll give the Timberwolves side. I'm going to give them a – I'm going to give them a B- because, again, like, I think Mike Conley's okay, but I think he could have done a lot better. And then for the Jazz, like I kind of said, you get Russell Westbrook. You're definitely going to buy him out. I don't see him suiting up for the Jazz. Juan Toscano Anderson, maybe he suits up as well for them. I would imagine he probably will. Damian Jones, uh, sure, he can suit up for the Jazz. And then a 2027 first-round pick from the Lakers, which I would imagine is a pretty good pick, man. So and I believe it is top four protected, so... I mean, it's pretty good, pretty good value, right there for that for that first round pick. If you ask me, we don't know what the Lakers are gonna look like in twenty twenty seven. So it's a little bit down the road, but I think that from the Jazz side, I mean, they didn't get they got the lease here, um, cause I'm gonna say you guys, the Jazz, they obviously have gone. We're not retooling, we're rebuilding now. So. You'll clear up the cap space with Russell Westbrook. And, man, now Danny Ainge, man. <laughs> Danny Ainge is working some magic over there in Utah. 15 first-round picks or something like that in the next 10 years. Something crazy like that. So, shout-out Danny Ainge, man. He is doing magic over there for the Utah Jazz. I'm going to give the Jazz side. I'm going to give them a B plus because you got that Lakers pick. That is what you wanted. And you can buy out Russell Westbrook and – and I mean, really, once Scott Anderson, Damon Jones really matter. But I'm just glad that they got that first round pick for the Lakers. That is what they needed here. So I'll give them, I'll give them a B plus. I mean, like this was like a this was a really big trade, like for the Lakers, because you know they're kind of having a still a disappointing season because they're they're not even in the. Even in like the fucking play in, they're the worst team, the worst team in in the West besides the Spurs and Rockets, who are literally in their own like dimension. They're 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 not even in, like they're they're in their own like tier. They're not even in like the worst tier. If if you would agree with that. Yeah, it's just like they have – I want to say the Spurs have 14 wins. The Rockets have 14 as well. And then it's like the Lakers are like 23. So they're just like not even close to them. Yeah. this is, But still, the Lakers are still having that very disappointing start because, you know, 
LeBron and AD, even though they, they, they have a little bit diminished since they have Westbrook, but they would still expect to make the playoffs, but they're not even close to making their well, like in terms of not close to making it, but but yeah, but they traded Russell Westbrook and what they got in return. They got D'Angelo. They got D'Angelo Russell, Jerry Vanderbilt, and Lake Beasley. Which D'Angelo Russell, you know, as Adam said, got traded. No, why did I say trade? Um, got drafted by by Lakers. Did all right there. Got traded to the Nets. Broke out there, and then the Warriors, where he did worse and worse, and just, yeah. Yeah, he's he he's been on like on the tier of like of like okay to good. Like he's we already know he's a good scorer, but he's not that good of a defender, and he's a and he's a decent passer in my opinion, if you would say so. I think he's a, I think he's a decent shooter as well. Correct. But and I think he'll be a good a good addition for for the point for the Lakers on point guard because since they don't have since I don't know if we're gonna talk about the other Lakers trade, are we? Um, are you? Uh yes we are yes 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 okay I'll say since since like they don't have since they got rid of West Westbrook which they already got they improved their shooting problem at point guard they got it but they got they got they got a ball handler a better offense can they a better player that can shoot actually can can score without the ball in his hands for once but but yeah he's an improvement on offensively from 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 both the point guards Beverly and Westbrook are now. Who are now off the team, but but yeah, um, Malik Beasley, Malik Beasley, you know, like has been a very a very good scorer for past for the past few years. One of the most one of the best one of one of the best pl- players on the bench you can have in the league. Very good scorer, and like and Lakers, like I wouldn't say they need all that much scoring, but it's just it's something that 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 would help. Right? You would agree? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're like, yeah, I I think this will be this is a very very good addition for the bench, and they also got Jared Vanderbilt, which I don't I would imagine he's gonna start. I don't know, I don't know if he's gonna start. I don't know because yeah, I don't know if he's gonna be on the bench. But what I was gonna say again, I think they're gonna run the lineup that is Russell at the point guard, Beasley, uh, Rui Hachimura, LeBron, and AD. So I'd imagine he's coming off the bench. I would say. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, and then Jared Vanderbilt, who's honestly one of the best, one of the best defenders at at his position for a team that I don't, I, don't, I think is not that good at defending. If I'm correct, no, they are not. <laughs> yeah, they're not good at defending, which is a far cry from a few years ago where they're the best defense in the league. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, he'll be a very valuable addition because they need they need a lot of defending. At, and they and they get a pretty good one with Vanderbilt and Lakers addressed most of their problems and and got rid of the Russell Westbrook bug off the team. <laughs> and and yeah, I think it's I think it's a good trade good trade for the Lakers. I, I'll give it I'll give it a, like an, an A minus for that because they addressed all their problems, and I think I think I'll at least make the play. They should at least. They should, yeah. Mm-hmm. They fucking should. I swear to God, it'll be funny, but you know, I swear to God, they don't. And, like if they don't, just pull up the team at that point. Just pull up the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even care if you just like don't trade LeBron. Just trade LeBron. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, speaking of LeBron, man, we'll give him his flowers right here. Congratulations to LeBron on being the NBA's all-time leading scorer now. So congratulations. Yeah. Congrats, LeBron. The joint's still better. Absolutely. Jordan will forever be better. 
don't know. Uh, that's funny, but I don't know. But and then the Timberwolves, they'll get Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander and out and Nikhil Alexander Walker and some picks, which Mike Conley, as you know, was once was once the most underrated point guard in the league. You would agree with that yourself, right? I would say for sure one of them. Yeah, like you know. Like one very good defender who could score like back then, but now he's an old Mike Conley with a big ass contract. Oh no, man! Mike Conley, you know he can he can be a decent he can you can he can be a decent starter for a team now, but he's gonna be once he what he once was. But Mike, but getting Mike Conley for at least you got a replacement for Russell at least or at least some bench depth and then Nikhil Alexander Walker which again some bench depth he's a better scorer and a horrible defender so it's alright I guess I don't know and they get some picks I'm gonna I'm get I'm, I'm gonna give the Timberwolves a little bit I'm gonna give them a C a C minus I think they definitely were probably the like the, I, I don't know but I don't know but I I I, I I just don't like what they got for for basically all of them. The Lakers won by a lot in all these trade in this three team trade. If like I think you would agree. Mm-hmm. And the Jazz will, and the Jazz will get Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano, then Juan and Juan Toscano Anderson and Damon Jones. Uh, Russell Westbrook, man. <laughs> uh, Russell Westbrook, man. Ever since he, ever since he got traded to the Lakers. It's been downhill for him. Like he has a he has been a good fit, like starting starting alongside with LeBron and AD, and got ridiculed for it. And I think at times a little bit too much. And then it's sometimes definitely not too much. Yeah, yeah, but like, but yeah, but like, um, but like, um, no, no. I was I was happy that that he got his that that recently got one his first press conference and. In years, so yeah, he got that nice quote from that lady. Yeah, shout out to her. But yeah, I think it was very nice that he got that. Mm-hmm. But 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 yeah, and then after that, and then and then he the Lakers and basically LeBron told him you're going to be on the bench, <laughs> and, and and he's done better, a lot better. You to say right, he did a lot better. He's doing a lot better being off the bench, being the sixth man. But sure, yeah. But still, the same issues that that plagued Russ's entire career is still here. Like he can't shoot; he's too ball dominant. He can't he can't defend, and he's not a good free throw shooter. Like, I think for Russ right now, I think his I think his career as a starter is probably over. If you would agree, I don't know. If, if I, I yeah, probably probably looking like that, yeah. Yeah, I and I think the Jazz. I think I think I think I don't know if they are. They probably aren't, but I feel like they they should keep him because he's on his last year of his contract, and they're a team that's tank that's trying to tank. So I think it would make sense to at least keep him around. And, and then they got Damian Jones and Juan Anderson. Who wish who cares? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but like, who cares? <laughs> And and then they also get a you also get a very good Lakers pick that they're that they're hesitant to, to trade because they fucking fumbled the Kyrie trade. Yeah, man, I, I don't I don't care if this is a good trade for the Lakers. I, I Ron Plank is still probably the worst GM in the league. Like that man should be fired. But anyway, 
Um, they get a the Jazz get a very good pick for the Lakers. You know, it's top four protected, so that's good. And they also and and, and I think yeah, I think that's it for for the Jazz. I think. Since they had a pick in Westbrook, I think they get a C, a C plus. You know, they got a lot more value, and I think a better point guard. I think Russ is a better point guard than Mike Conley. I think I think that's pretty clear in my opinion. But but yeah, I think they I think they got a little bit more value that than the Timberwolves did. But I think I think this is I think this will um probably help them like in the in the long like long term since they, they since like as you know. They, as you know, Vanderbilt and Beasley were were two were two very sought after role players that were just helping them win, and the Jazz are trying to rebuild. So I think this will be good good for them in the long, in the long run. Yeah. So next, we're gonna head to the other Lakers trade, which was a four team trade. So that's why we're talking about it, and it involves the Denver Nuggets. The they received Thomas Bryant from the Lakers, their backup center. The Lakers themselves got Mo Bamba and Devon Reed along with a second-round pick. The Los Angeles Clippers got Bones Highland. And then the Magic got themselves Patrick Beverly, a 2024 second from Denver, and then some cash considerations from the Clippers. So, big four-team trade here. Um... This one, not as much to do, obviously. Like, not, like, as much star power as the the three-team trade from last one. But, I mean, still some, like, okay names in here. Like, starting off with the Nuggets, they're the number one seed in the West. And, um, well, it's not even close, really. I mean, you can say Memphis. I'm pretty sure they're, like, I want to say four games off of them. But the Nuggets have been the best team in the West, and it's not even close. I mean, they've been the best team, not even close in the West this year. They now add a a starting center caliber in Thomas Bryant, who was starting for the Lakers majority because of Anthony Davis's injury. But he's gonna be coming off the bench because they have Jokic, obviously. So he's gonna be a great bench piece for the Nuggets. I mean, for them, like I mean you get a guy who's averaging like twelve and seven to come off your bench pretty damn good if you ask me. So when Jokic can come out of the game, you can have Thomas Bryant just be there. I remember you were running some DeAndre Jordan out there earlier. That's really bad. So um, I would imagine that's why they made this trade. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you, you make this trade. You get yourself uh, an actual backup center that you can use instead of DeAndre Jordan. So good move for the Nuggets. I'll give you all a B-plus on there. For the Lakers, you guys got Mo Bamba. Shout out Mo Bamba, man. That song is still, like, played like, a shit ton of places I, I go to. Like, malls and shit. Yeah, Mo Bamba. Um, well, Mo Bamba is... Uh, I was pretty high on Mo Bamba. He came out of Texas, so, yeah, shout out to him. And then, well, he's only averaging seven points per game this year. I mean, you got to remember the Magic have Bull Bull, and then they have Wendell Carter Jr. as well. So, hasn't been the best of years for our boy Bull Bull. And he really hasn't had the best career so far. So, hopefully with the Lakers, he's now the backup center. Um, Hopefully he can thrive over there, maybe. They also get Devon Reed as well from the Nuggets. So, 
what he's going to do, absolutely fucking nothing. I doubt if he'll even get playing time there for them. So, yeah, I mean, they just got him just because maybe, like, some contract shit. And then a second-round pick, good good for them. They get a second-round pick. But, yeah, the big one for the Lakers is Mo Bamba. And I'd say, like, okay, he's a good, like, backup center to have. So, when Anthony Davis, or if... If and when Anthony Davis goes down at this point. So, yeah, I mean, you can have Mo Bamba there. So, yeah, good. I would say it's an all right trade for the Lakers. I would give them like a B minus. Um, you know, you got, some, you got Mo Bamba in a second, basically. Pretty good if you ask me. Now we go to the Clippers, the other LA team. They added themselves Denver's backup point guard, Bones Highland, man. He's averaging 12 off the bench already. And now he goes to the another team in the West. Another contending team is the, in the West as well, in the Clippers. And, man, uh, we now know that John Wall, who we're going to – actually, I don't know if we're going to talk about that one. So, just in case we don't, he got traded to the Rockets, back to the Rockets. So, <laughs> that was pretty funny to see him go back there. But – Anyway, they now get their point guard replacement in Bones Highland. So, uh, I don't know if he's going to start for the Clippers or not. I really don't know. I mean, you have guys like, you know, I don't know. I mean, who they got earlier, Eric Gordon. You got Terrence Mann. I mean, like Norman Powell. So, I would imagine, actually, that Bones Highland might be starting for the Clippers. And pretty good, if you ask me. Like, the Clippers have been needing a point guard. Obviously, John Wall's new, not who they thought they were getting. Like, that's not the old John Wall. Well, even though he is old now, but it ain't Wizards' John Wall. So, I mean, they now get Bones Highland, who's been pretty good for the Nuggets this year. He's a lethal shooter when healthy. And, I mean, like, and he's actually, like, really shooting well so i mean and then there's times where he just can't shoot for shit at all so i mean hit and miss from bones highland from shooting but he can score any any other way as well so i mean shooting 38 percent from three pretty good so yeah good trade very very good trade for the clippers i'm gonna give him an a i th- i really like that move for the clippers and along with some other moves that we'll definitely talk about. And then the Magic, they got Patrick Beverly. They already agreed to a buyout, so Patrick Beverly can go wherever the fuck he wants. Uh, he was signed to the Lakers. No, he was traded to the Lakers, that's right. <coughs> this year, he was traded there. And, well, really hasn't done anything. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, he's obviously a great defender. We know that. But, well... He's now the Magic. He's not going to get bought out, so he can go wherever he he wants to go. But the Magic get a second from Denver, so probably not going to be that good of a draft pick. And then some cash from the Lakers. So I'm going to say the Magic lost this trade by a lot. Like, I would say the other teams got a lot better stuff than the Magic did. So, I mean, trading Mo Bamba for essentially a second, like, and Patrick Beverly. I don't really that good if you ask me. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna get the magic like a C. Like nothing nothing really that I like from this deal. Because that that Nuggets pick ain't gonna be that good. And it's a second rounder. So yeah, I'm again I would give the Nuggets of like a B plus, the Lakers a B, uh the Clippers an A minus, and then the Magic, I'll go with the C minus. 
Uh, yeah, like <clears throat> as as like the second Lakers trade goes, since I'm not talking about the Lakers first because we're just talking about them. Um, the Lakers get the Lakers receive Mo Bamba, and uh, and uh, I don't think they get oh they get and they get a second round pick in cash. So I guess uh, no, that's for the Magic. I'm dumb, but anyway, so they just get Mo Bamba. So Mo Bamba, you know, is drafted by the Magic and. Was very underwhelming, but I'm willing to excuse some of that because he wasn't getting much playing time since he he was obviously behind like Kem Birch and all those other other centers. I, f- I forgot their names already because Jesus Christ, I'm not tired. Um, but yeah, he was playing a, behind a lot of people like in in the from the Magic in the big area, so he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time. And when he did, he it was okay, but it wasn't good. But yeah. And so he, he he's finally get a, like a fresh start, like with the Lakers, and and I think definitely he's gonna get some fucking playing time now. So it's good for him. What I like about this trade for the Lakers is that I think Obama still is like can be a good defender, and 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 and, and they get some size with it too, which is something that they didn't get, which is something that they they don't have with Thomas Bryant. But yeah. I, I like that. I like this trade for the Lakers. I'm gonna give them a, a B minus, which is probably okay. Never mind, it's not the best, but yeah. And I don't care about Devon Reed. And and then for the Nuggets, you know, obviously the best team in the in the West, playing very well, and and they get and they give up uh, and they get Thomas Bryant, which you which is which is a very good floor spacer as a center which there isn't that many of them for centers so that's pretty that's pretty valuable he can chew and and yeah i think he'd be a very valuable role player for for the for the nuggets obviously playing behind Jokic, i'm gonna give them like the nuggets probably a, a c plus and then the clippers they get bones highland which i think is in a sophomore year if i'm correct about that i think right I think this is junior, actually. Oh, really? I thought he was drafted last year, but anyway, Bones Highland, you know, not like he's he's been drafted by the the Nuggets. If I'm not I'm retarded, I'm dumb. But anyway, um, but Bones Highland has been very productive, for, like ever since ever since been in the league and been on the bench mostly. But he's been a very productive player, especially this year, averaging 12 points off the bench, which is very good. And for the Clippers, they need they they need this because the the point guards have not been good. They have not been good for it's not been performing well. Like and and they and they need a point guard. They they could possibly get Westbrook as well, but we don't know. But I think Bones Highland would be very would be a very good addition. A very good addition on a very good addition for them. I, I'm gonna give the, the Clippers also. A B minus, and then for the Magic, they get Patrick Beverly, which was a good defender and not can shoot. I don't, he's not, he's not that good offensively, but a very good defender. A second and and some cash and cash considerations. So for and for the Magic, it's just like it's just giving up a young player, like one of your young players for a veteran, which. I don't know. He could possibly get bought out. I don't know if he is, but he could be. He could. I would expect him to, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they really agreed to a buyout. Yeah, so you get Patrick Beverly in a second pick and cash, cash considerations. And for the fact that he's most likely going to get bought out, I would give it a, I would give it a, a C-. minus. I think the big, I think probably the winner of, the, of this trade was probably the Clippers, in my opinion. I agree, I agree. So, Next up, 
we're not gonna talk about fucking Bruno Fernando. Uh, I don't think Darius Baisley is really worth it. We'll talk about this one next. Another fourteen trade that happened. Not really like the biggest names, but fourteen trade. Pistons get James Wiseman. The Warriors get Gary Payne the second back, along with three conditional future second round picks from Atlanta. The Hawks get Sadiq Bay. And the Trailblazers get Kevin Knox and five future second-round picks. So, quickly running through this one. James Wiseman, the number two pick in the 2020 draft. Yeah, sure. Uh, he has not been worth the number two pick in, in that draft. Um, obviously, where they passed on LaMelo Ball for him. So, I mean, I'm not going to label him a bust just yet. But, man, I do not have the highest of hopes for James Wiseman, especially on the Pistons as well. I'm not not high on him at all. So, yeah, not not the best move by the Warriors. Really, like, hasn't – he's been in and out of the G League. That's really all you have to hear. I mean, yeah, I would say for the Pistons side, like, just straight up, I'm going to give you, like, a C. Like, maybe he turns into some okay and nice, like, uh, bench piece at center, but even if that, like, I'm not that high on Wiseman at all. Warriors, you get Gary Payton the second back. Also, by the way, I just remembered with this, the trade is in like jeopardy. By the way, uh, apparently Gary Payton failed his physical, and apparently his trade might not go through. So there's that. But if he does, the Warriors get back Gary Payton the second. Was a crucial part on their championship run last year. I mean. He hasn't played that much this year because he's been injured. And then, again, he failed his physical. So, I mean, we'll see if he's even a warrior. So, yeah, we'll see on that. You get three future seconds as well from the uh, Hawks. So, for the warrior side, if it does go through and you do get Gary Payton the second back, um, I I will give the Warriors a B because you get back a very crucial part in your championship run last year, and along with some along with three future seconds. So, good trade for the Warriors. You also get rid of Wiseman. Hawks, you get Sadiq Bay. Quickly run through this one. I mean, Sadiq Bay has been like okay this year. I mean, he's averaging fifteen. It's pretty good for the Pistons. I mean, who are obviously tanking. Like, they have not been good this year. They've been one of the worst teams in the league. Sadiq Bay been a, a little bit of a bright spot for them. They finally get rid of him. He's going to the Hawks. So, I'd say it's a pretty good move by the Hawks. I mean, I imagine he's probably going to come off the bench, I would say. Because I would imagine you probably keep DeAndre Hunter and John Collins in the starting lineup. So, it's a pretty good bench piece, if you ask me. Pretty, pretty good move. I would say the Hawks, I would give them a B plus. I like that. I like the move of CD Bay. And then the Trailblazers, you get Kevin Knox, one of the biggest busts I've seen. Yeah, he man wore a Fortnite suit. So you got to remember about Kevin Knox. And then five future second-round picks. That's pretty good. That is what I'm going to give the Blazers a B for, is the second-round picks. I couldn't give a shit about Kevin Knox. So, <laughs> so yeah. Like, Trailblazers, I'm going to give you all a B just solely off the fact you got five future second-round picks. Fucking don't care about Kevin Knox. That's rude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so James Wiseman, at, you know, is obviously pissed now and was previously last last year the number one overall pick. And if I'm not, that's that's dumb of me. But anyway, uh, number two, my bad. But number two overall pick, and 
and just say with the stamp the worst has not been good. It's been Phil's injuries and a lot and a lot of underachieving. And he's not he's not been he's just not been good for the Warriors and and that's very and, and that's not good when your team won 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 the championship last year. So that's just not good. And the Warriors like are trying to contend right now, so they're not trying to develop any young play. They're not they don't have time to develop him right now. And yeah, as and the Pistons, I think this was this is a decent trade because like because we don't know that much off of it. It's only been like some games <laughs> with James Wiseman, so I think there's still a possibility of of him of him breaking out or even just being a, a good bench player. So I'm I'm gonna just solely off potential. I'm gonna give it a C plus for the Pistons, and then for the what? Okay, whatever. And then for the for the Warriors, they got Gary Payne back, which they only got him, which which they didn't resign because they don't want to go over the luxury tax, and two future second round picks. Which Gary Payne was a very was a very valuable role player for, for the Warriors last year. Very good defender, not so good offensively, but and they get him back, and they also get some second round picks, so that's good for them. I'm let me give the Warriors a. A B minus, and then for the Hawks, they got Sadiq Bay, who has been a very, who's been a, good, a very productive young player for for the pick he, he was he got picked in. So he's been a very he's been he's been a bright spot for the Pistons. He's been he's been good. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to search for other words, but I can't think of any. But yeah, Sadiq Bay for on the Hawks, join a team, join a team of scores, and adding another scorer off the bench probably. I think it's a good trade for the Hawks. I, I think like they probably are. They definitely are the biggest winner. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the Hawks a, a, a B. And then for the Blazers, they got Kevin Knox, who was a bust. I think everyone will agree with that. And five future second round picks, which is pretty good. Like getting five for getting five second round picks is, even though they're just seconds, that's still pretty good. You know. I mean, I would give the Blazers a C, a C minus. Like it's Kevin, like no one cares about Kevin Knox. Like ever since he wore that Fortnite suit, that's probably that's probably why, uh, that's probably why he was a bust. To be honest, that's probably why he didn't he, didn't, he wasn't good in the NBA. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on because we have one more trade about the Spurs. Uh, quickly run through it. Josh Richardson, uh, bench for the Spurs, is now going to the Pelicans. In which the Pelicans get Josh Richardson, the Spurs get Devontae Graham, and four second round picks in 2024, 2026, 28, and 29. Josh Richardson for the Spurs, I mean, he's been like a, a little lone bright spot off the bench. He's averaging 12 points per game this year, so pretty good for Josh Richardson. He now goes to a contender in the. Uh, Pelicans, sorry. And so, yeah, he now goes there. He can be pretty solid for them off the bench. So, yeah, pretty good move for the Pelicans. I mean, it's like obviously a win-now move for them, obviously. So, I mean, yeah, they've been really good this year. Uh, surprise team. I think they, at the time now of this, I think they're in the play-in. But I would imagine they'll, they'll climb out of the play-in spot shortly. So, I mean, yeah, very good move for them. And then uh, Devontae Graham, uh, well, he's been okay. Oh, yeah, my grade, by the way, for the uh, Pelicans, I'll give him a B minus. Good good guy in Josh Richardson. And then um, 
Yeah, for the Spurs, four second round picks for Josh Richardson, I'll fucking take that, man. And then we get Devontae Graham, who literally in his debut had 31 points. So, you know what? I'll take it. His contract is not the best, but, I mean, it expires in like two years. So, we'll have some money freed up for then. Spurs, I will give a, I'll give a B for her. Yeah, like Josh Richardson, you know, ever since he got traded back for a lot, like last deadline, if I'm correct, last year's mm-hmm. deadline. Mm hmm. From the Celtics to the Spurs, you know he's been uh, he's been a bright spot for the Spurs, but it's kind of easy because it's the Spurs. I, I, I don't know. I just don't have that much to say. It just like he's been he he's just been like showing off like you know, he can they can still be a good scorer in this league, and and he's been a kind of a bright spot for like the past basically for the past year. It's not a year. It's not a half a year, but anyway, but. The Pelicans, but the and and he's going to the Pelicans, which it's it's an upgrade over Devontae Graham, and and, and that's they probably I think they want to trade just basically off that. I, I think I'm gonna give the Pelicans a, a B a B minus, and um, and then for the Spurs we get Devontae Graham, which used to be one of the best one of the best backup point guards in the league. Now he got paid, and he's not that anymore. <laughs> As Adam said, he just dropped thirty-one, so it could turn out well. Maybe not. Maybe will. I don't know. But but Devonte Graham, at least we'll get at least we we'll get some bench depth, uh, and we and we get some and we get a lot of second round picks. So I'm okay with that. I may I'm gonna give the Spurs a C plus. All right. Noticing some other ones. Celtics got Mike Muscala. Uh, yeah, no, we're not talking about this. The Clippers got Eric Gordon, three future seconds. Rockets got John Wall and Danny Green, along with the pick swap from the Clippers. And then the Grizzlies got Luke Kennard. Uh, Obviously, okay, I think that's going to be the next one we talk about. Okay, yeah. So we have two more to talk about because we're fucking we're not doing the ones that don't mean anything. Sorry, but we're just not. Okay, Sixers. In a four-team trade again, get Jalen McDaniels from the Hornets. So this involves the 76ers, the Hornets, the Trailblazers, and the Knicks. The 76ers get themselves Jalen McDaniels, 2024 second-round pick from Charlotte, and a 29 second-round pick from Portland. The Hornets receive Savi. I'm not even fucking trying to pronounce his last name, just CB. Uh a 2023 second from Philadelphia and a 27 second round pick from Portland. The Trailblazers get Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, Ryan Archidiakono, and a 2023 first round pick from the Knicks. And then the Knicks get Josh Hart. Man, I see this trade and I see one huge loser and then I see a some W's for some teams right here. Starting off the Sixers, they're one of the teams with a W, man. They get Jalen McDaniels to now come off their bench, man. I really like Jalen McDaniels. He's been on a struggling Hornets team this year, obviously underperforming from where they were last year in the play-in, but he's been a very good and uh, bright spot for them. I mean, he's a good defender. He's averaging 11 off the bench, and now he's going to do that for the uh, for the 76ers now. So you get him to play power forward, I'm assuming. 
and you give up Matisse Thybul, who's uh, like one of the best three and D guys in the league, but except he really can't shoot the three ball sometimes, so he's literally hit or miss from three. So, but he's a great defender. But you get two seconds as well. Pretty good trade for the Sixers. I would give them a B. A B. I again, I just really like the McDaniel's part of the deal. Seconds are kind of eh, whatever. Hornets, you get CV. Um, not gonna spend too much time on this. A 2023rd second from Philly, and then a 27 second round pick from Portland. You guys are the biggest losers of this trade. The fuck you did this for trading <laughs> McDaniel's for a second round pick is uh fucking beyond me. So yeah, Hornets, you guys get a fucking D. Not like fucking like maybe even worse than a D. Don't, what the fuck are y'all fucking doing? And here. I actually think the Trailblazers are the winners of this trade. The Trailblazers get Cam Reddish, Matisse Thybul, Ryan Archie Diakno, and then a 2023 first-round pick from the Knicks this year. I think this is a W trade for the Trailblazers, if you ask me. Cam Reddish has, well, he went to the Knicks last year at the trade deadline, and um, yeah, it hasn't been the best for him over there. So he's averaging eight off the bench. He now gets to do that for the Trailblazers. So pretty good move there. There, I want to say, uh, uh, just outside of the plan. So maybe they can try and sneak in the plan or not. You know, we'll see what happens there. Matisse Thibel, he is. I mean, he, dude, he can't score the ball at all. <laughs> That's the one thing with him. He cannot score for shit. But you know, he's a great defender. He's averaging three points per game. So. That's why the Sixers traded him. So, man, great defender to have, but, yeah, really can't score. Ryan Archie Diakono, I remember him on the Bulls. Uh, now he's averaging .3 points per game. Jesus Christ, all right. And then uh, 20-23, first-round pick from the Knicks. The Knicks will probably make the playoffs, but, hey, you got a first-round pick for Josh Hart. I, I'm That's the W if you ask me. So the Trailblazers, I'm going to give an A2. I, I really like this trade for them. And then, lastly, for the Knicks, they only get Josh Hart. But, I mean, well, at the same time, they get Josh Hart. Like, pretty good trade for them. He's averaging 10 points per game. Wow, averaging eight rebounds as well. Pretty good for Josh Hart off the bench this year for the Blazers. And then uh, he's now going to the Knicks to reunite with Jalen Brunson. So that's pretty cool for them. You know, two friends reuniting in New York now. So he'll be a key part for the Knicks heading into their playoff run, I would imagine. So, yeah, pretty good trade for the Knicks. I would give him a solid B for it. Um, maybe could have got someone a little bit better than him, but I'll give it a B for now. Pretty pretty good trade for the Knicks. Yeah, as like my, as like the 76ers, they trade they got Jim McDaniels, which I like that a lot. A young player. Has been has been a solid contributor off the off the bench for for the Hornets. Good defender, uh, averaging a career high eleven points off the bench. I'll I'll, I'll take it. Plus, we get two sec- second round picks. I'll take it for the Sixers. I think they definitely won this trade, the most in my opinion. I'll give the Sixers a B plus. I'll, I'm gonna give, and then the Hornets they get SV, which, um, who cares? I'm gonna, like I'm get, like I'm gonna be honest. Like, like have you ever heard, have you ever heard like no like no one like. Like, do you even care, Adam? Like, do you even care that that the Hornets got CV? Oh, he's from Ukraine. You know what? Shout out to you, CV. But literally, I didn't know who you were until this morning. So, <laughs> okay, they get CV, which is gonna be a bench warmer, and two seconds. The Hornets, they get. I'm gonna be honest. They're probably the biggest loser in the trade deadline, to be honest. 
The fuck are they even thinking? <laughs> they're, they're probably the biggest losers. I'm going to give them an F for this. I'm probably the only F I'm ever going to I'm going to give in this trade deadline. And then for the Blazers, they get Cam Reddish, who is a bust, in my opinion. And Ryan, who or, or I can't pronounce the last name, and basically, who cares? But the one thing that that is that is good besides the first round pick, which it, which it is good, and and is I imagine it's a protected one, if right. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I I would say no. Actually, I think it would show protected, but no, I don't. I don't know. If it's not protected, that's fucking. That's dumb. Yeah, that's dumb. But but they get a first round pick from 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 the Knicks, so that's good. And and they also get Matisse Seibel, who is not which I don't know why he says three D. He can't shoot at all. Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking of last year. Now he's averaging three points per game. You know, he just can't shoot a three at all. He's not good at shoot. He's not good at shooting, like from mid range or a three. He's decent on the free throw line. That's basically it. But, but, but yeah, he's just he's just only a good defender. That's really it. Matisse, you know, it's only Bryce Miles defending and his vlogs. That's it. And, and then you also get a first round pick from the Knicks. So that's pretty good, if you ask me. And then I, I forgot, almost forgot to forget the Blazers. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get the Blazers a, a C, a B minus actually. And then for the Knicks, they got Josh Hart, who is a very good bench player, decent scorer. I think uh, I'm gonna get the Knicks a, a C plus because they, they obviously get they also get a valuable a good bench player. So yeah, I'm gonna get them a C plus for that. All right. Quickly glancing over one, uh, the Clippers got themselves Mason Plumley W trade there, and then also another L by the Hornets getting rid of <laughs> who they're literally going to buy out and then giving up a second round pick. You basically gave them Mason Plumley for a twenty twenty eight second round pick, dude. That guy is literally thirteen years old right now. Whoever you're in draft with that, so yeah. Wait, 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 what? Yeah, 2028. That guy is actually like 13 years old right now. 13 or 14, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we gave that up to Mason Plumley. He was a very good like back. So, the fuck the Hornets are thinking? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's time for the biggest trade that maybe I've seen at the trade deadline in my life. It's time for it. They're saying it's a four-team deal, and I'm actually like pretty sure it is actually because it combines like trades here. Um, and that is Kevin Durant getting traded to the Phoenix Suns, and and what it says here, I'm reading from NBA.com, four-team trade. I only read it as the Nets and the Suns, but apparently the Bucks and Pacers are involved in this because of Jay Crowder, so. Yeah, they're counting as a 14 deal, so I'm going to fucking read it like that. All right. You don't see players like Kevin Durant getting traded at the trade deadline. You just don't. Um, would I agree with this move by the Nets? No, I would have waited till the offseason to trade them. You can get a lot more, in my opinion. But anyway, let's run over this trade. The Phoenix Suns get Kevin Durant and TJ Warner. And that's literally it for them. And then the Nets... Get wow! Get ready for this. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Juan Pablo. Who the, the fuck is that? Juan Pablo, <laughs> uh, uh, 2023 first round pick from Phoenix. 
Again, this is all Phoenix's picks, by the way. I'll let you know when they're Milwaukee from the fucking Jay Crowder trade. This is what they got in total. <laughs> like, they got a 2023 first, 25 first, 27 first, and a 2028 pick swap with Phoenix, along with the 2029 first round pick from Phoenix. And then with the Jay Crowder deal, because again, they're counting as a 14 deal. Uh, they got a 2028 second round pick and then a 2029 second round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks because they got Jay Crowder in the trade from the Suns, but then they immediately flipped them to the Bucks. So I see why they're doing that. And then the Bucks, they get Jay Crowder. That's literally it in this fucking thing. And then for the Pacers. They get George Hill reunited back as a Pacer. Wow, I remember when he was there. Sergi Baca, who they already agreed to a contract buyout. Jordan, who the fuck is that? Jordan Nawara, three future second-round picks from Milwaukee, and then some cash considerations from Brooklyn for whatever reasons. So, yeah, that is what they're considering the four-team trade. So... Why not? Let's run over it, and then let's give them a grade. All right. Starting off with the Indiana Pacers. Again, I don't know why they're considering it a four-team trade, but you get George Hill back. Uh, remember, he was there for a couple years. He was pretty good when he was there after he joined the Spurs when he was involved in the Kawhi Leonard deal. He's obviously not the same player who he was anymore. Serge Ibaka, they already agreed to a fucking um, – buy out with him so he can go wherever he wants. And then this guy, Jordan Nawara. Um, this guy's averaging, well, he's averaging six points per game for the Bucks off the bench. You know what? Good job for you, Nawara. And then you get three future seconds from Milwaukee, which are going to be terrible. And then some cash from Brooklyn. So, uh, Pacers, you guys get a C. You guys, um, not not really the biggest fan of this deal for you guys. But anyway, moving on to the Bucks. All they got in this was Jay Crowder. Um Jay Crowder has not played in I believe like three hundred days or two hundred days, I think. So yeah, I mean you're getting him. And he, you know, he's a pretty good three and D guy. He can shoot pretty good as well. He's a pretty good defender. And then, well, you add him to a championship-level team in the Milwaukee Bucks, the number two seed right now in the East. So, good trade. Good trade for the Bucks. Um, again, you just have to see if he's, like, anywhere close to where he last was because I don't I remember he wasn't the best for the Suns, so maybe hoping he was, like, how he – I don't know. He was on the Mavericks. I don't fucking know. Or the Celtics. Boston. Yeah, this is, yeah, the Celtics. That's who it was. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I'll give the I'll give him a I'll give him a C because we just don't know what we'll get in Jay Crowder. Now for the Brooklyn Nets, man, they got the fucking haul because of everything added in here. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, the fucking Juan Pablo guy, uh, twenty three first, twenty five first, twenty seven, twenty eight, and a twenty nine first. The twenty eight pick swap I forgot with Phoenix, so. I mean, man, let's look at this. You trade Kevin Durant, and that is, like how I was saying earlier, Kyrie was the second domino. Boom, here's the third one with Kevin Durant. The big three is now broken apart. The Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion, the biggest failure in NBA history. 
they won a combined one playoff game in their whole entire time in Brooklyn. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous how they only did that. That is unbelievable. One of the biggest failures I've ever seen in my life. The biggest failure, in my opinion. So, the Nets decided. Joe Sy, Sean Marks decide. All right, it's time to blow it up. Kyrie wanted out. KD requested a trade shortly after that. All right, let's put KD on the team that he is demanding a trade to, and that was the Phoenix Suns the whole entire time. So, they do get Mikael Bridges, who is one of the best defenders in general in the league, man. I mean, he finished the runner-up in defensive player of the year last year. So, I'm good for Mikael Bridges. Like, he's averaging 17 this year. He hasn't missed a game in, like, fuck, I don't know how many years now. I don't think he's missed a game. Since high school. Yeah. Something like that. Well, obviously, he missed the games because he got treated, but we're not counting that. Anyway, they get Cameron Johnson as well, who's been very good in the starting lineup for the Suns while he's played. He was injured a lot of the season, but he's averaging 14 this year while he and he's back healthy. Juan Pablo, I don't know who the fuck that is, so I'm not going to search him up. So That's rude. Well, well he, I don't care. Anyway, you get three first-round picks from Phoenix. The ones I'm enticed – for is 2025, 2027, and then 2029. The pick swap, uh, obviously that's a pick swap, but 2025, 2027, 2029, I'm expecting hopefully that the Suns maybe aren't that good of a team, and then boom, you, they're all unprotected as well, so you have those first round picks. I mean, that that's a huge for the, the Brooklyn Nets, who didn't have their first round picks for like the next couple of years. And then well, you got some seconds in the Jay Crowder trade as well. So, yeah, I think you got like two seconds, yeah, for the Jay Crowder deal. You know, so, good for him. Good for the Nets. I would say from the Nets in all of this, I would say the Nets are at a solid A- minus because I didn't like what they got immediately for KD. Like, again, I still think you should have waited till the offseason and trade him. You could have got a lot more. So, yeah, I would say just I'm going to put out an A- minus for now. Still a good trade, but, I mean, still think you got to got a lot more for KD. And then for the Phoenix Suns, you get KD, Kevin Durant, one of the one of the top 15 players all time. And he's now going where he wanted to be all along, the Phoenix Suns, to team up with Devin Booker and CP3, man. So, remember, the Phoenix Suns were just in the finals two years ago. They were facing the Bucks. They lost that series. So, yeah, but remember, they were up 2-0. They were only two wins away from winning the finals. They essentially had the same team. I'm really surprised that they kept DeAndre Aiden in this deal. I'm really surprised they didn't trade him in this deal. I thought they would have had to. But, anyway, they kept him. You now have a starting lineup looking like CP3 at the 1, D-Book, KD. I mean, like, whoever the fuck their power forward is. And then uh, DeAndre Aiden at center. So, pretty damn good starting lineup, if you ask me. I mean, I think we have to start putting the Phoenix Suns as a contender now in the West. I mean, the West is kind of wide open besides the Nuggets, who have just been the best team in the West this year and not even close. But, yeah, like the Suns now, I mean, they could 
easily catapult up to the number two spot. Like, I could definitely see that. Once KD returns from injury, because remember, he's still not healthy yet. He's out of the All-Star game. So once he gets back, hopefully after the All-Star break, man, watch out for the Suns, man. Watch out for the Suns. And he still has, like, three years left on his deal. So he's going to be in Phoenix for a little bit. Him, D-Book. And hopefully he gets some more out of CP3. Hopefully he can get some. Hopefully he can get you some more assists now that KD's there. And then you also get TJ Warren. Um, if this was bubble TJ Warren, I would say man, you got like an A plus. But unfortunately, it's not bubble TJ Warren, and he's been injured. So I mean, just made his debut like what, a couple months ago now at this point, and like he's averaging ten points. Like yeah, whatever. Pretty good uh, bench piece for you guys to have. So. Pretty good trade for the Suns. I'm going to give him an A. I mean, you get a top five player in the league, arguably, and then you get a very good bench piece. Oh, yeah, that's the other fucking power forward. They're going to have fucking TJ Warren at small forward, Katie at power forward. That's what they're going to do. But, yeah, so you get TJ Warren to be your your starting small forward. There you go. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with an A for the Suns. Very damn good trade. It's a win-now move. And you you gotta go in the you gotta go in the finals now, man. After making this move, you basically gave up your entire future for this. Yeah, just <laughs> man, just wow. Well, I'm gonna start with the Suns. The Suns get Kevin Durant and TJ Warren, and Kevin Durant really needs no introduction here. Like Ray, he really doesn't. I think that's definitely like we we just know that he's basically the the. Probably the best power, not not well, best small forward in the league. I think you would agree. I don't know if you do agree. Um, are we counting him as a small forward? Because I think he's played power forward this year. I don't, I don't know. I I usually see Kevin Durant as a power forward. I mean, as a small forward. Because if he's a power forward, he's definitely not the best in the league. Let's be honest. But well, I I I I just remember more as a as a small forward. I don't know. Uh, I, I think he's probably more a power forward. Than uh, but so one of the best players in the NBA, guy who, who who was basically like a shorter foot, a shorter shoe off from, from the Eastern Conference from defeating the Bucks. Like, like he's just one of the best players in the NBA, and number one option, Jeff, definitely for sure, and and a very very good good piece for. For a team that is trying that's trying to win the championship in a wide open Western Conference, but I do have a little concerns about the fit. I do have a little concerns about it. I I, I don't know how that's gonna I don't know how that's gonna go with, with like Booker and KD. What? No, no, I was saying yeah, I, I get it for sure. Yeah, and then TJ Warren who. He's been he's been a good player for most of his career. Like he just has he's just been coming off the bench mostly and has obviously been hurt. So but TJ Warren, like when he's healthy, has been a has been a very, very productive player as a as a starter, you know, probably one of the most underrated players in the league at one point. And and you get him. So that's 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 really good. And then for the Nets, well, actually, and then for the Suns, you are the biggest winner. I'm gonna give you an A plus I'm gonna give you an A plus. And and then for the Nets, you get Mikhail Bridges, who who is a very who is a very good defender, as Adam said, as Adam said, finished and runner off for two months play of the year, and is a decent scorer as well. He can he's a decent shooter as well, so that's that's pretty good. And then Cameron Johnson, who, who is a stretch four and and is good at shooting, 
So that's good for them. And then Juan Pablo, I don't know who that is. I didn't know who that was until this until we read this trade. To be honest, today. Yep. <laughs> and hold on, if you look at NBA.com, he doesn't even have like a link to, to like view his like to view his thing. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. And then you get and and then you get a shit a shit ton of first round picks from the Suns, which that's a very very valuable. Even if they're still good, but still very valuable. And two second rounders from the Bucks. I'm gonna give the Nets an A. Holy shit, he's an Argentinian player. The fuck is he involved in this thing? Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, he's a Net now, apparently, according to NBA.com. Uh huh. But anyway, but anyway, um, you get you get two quality starters, and and Cameron Johnson and, and Mikael Bridges and. No, just be nice, Juan Pablo. And, and and you get a shit ton of fur, and you get a lot of first, and you got a lot, you get a good, very good draft capital, so it's very good. And I think also it's going to create the basically, I don't think the Nets are going to do this, but they're going to create the most versatile, like, like starting five in the league. Maybe. Like, I want them to do that, would be fun. <laughs> I want them to put, I want them to put Mikael Bridge as that point guard. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fun team to watch. And then, and then for the Bucks, you get Jay Crowder, who's a very who's a very good role player. He can decently he could decently shoot threes, good defender. And and, and yeah, he's just a very good role player. And then you get him for basically two second round picks. And is a better fucking player than Sergio Pocket, that's for damn sure. But yeah, that's I'd say that's pretty good. I'm 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 gonna say the Bucks get a B minus for that, and then for the Pacers, you get George Hill, who has been a bench has been a bench player for the past basically almost all his career except for Indiana, and you get Serge Ibaka, who is terrible. I think you can agree with that now, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Nwora, who is almost arguably the best player out of these three. It's crazy saying that years later. <laughs> yeah, but. And then you get three future second round picks from Milwaukee, and then some cash from Brooklyn. I'm gonna give the Pacers a, a D because you get basically nothing. Well, you actually do get something. You get some. You get some decent draft capital, but that's it. Like, like I don't, I don't like Serge Ibaka is not even on the team anymore, and George Hill, Jordan Ward is just gonna be on the bench. They're not gonna be that that much contributor, and also, and also I'm surprised, and also, also I'm surprised by the pace of the season. <laughs> I think everyone, I was thinking we'll say everyone is because of Tyrese Halliburton, but anyway, but hey, what? Yeah, I mean they're not in the playing anymore, but I mean Halliburton has emerged as a star, man. Yeah, so but it's not about how the burns about the trade, so I'm gonna get the Pacers a D. Alright. Well that does it for the trade deadline, man. We told y'all it was stacked, man. And that wasn't even every trade that happened because we already skipped over a couple. But yeah, that does it for the trade deadline. Um now I believe we are on our final topic and uh well, it's been a little bit since we've done this, but it is now Sunday, the day after UFC 284 has happened over there in Australia. So, John, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you do your thing here. All right, since we didn't cover 283, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, basically, 
the bit the bits. Moreno beat Fidesz and Figueroa by, by via via TKO, and then Jamal Hill outshook Glover, and then Glover retired, which that's good for him. And then now we're on to two eighty four, which I'm just gonna. Okay, yeah, and then I'm just gonna like talk about two two fights because I want to keep this short and this episode's probably long enough already. And also, I want to say, honestly, a, a hell of a performance from Jack Della Maddalena being someone who is who is a very obvious size and reach advantage, so it's very good for him. Even at, and in the and in the first round too, so that's very impressive by Jack Della Maddalena. And then, all right, and then for our first fight, we're gonna talk about we got. We got the we got the new interim featherweight champion Yair Rodriguez beating the number number five ranked contender Josh Emmett. This was a very like dominant performance by Yair, like establishing early by that one by by the body kick that really hurt Emmett. That really hurt Emmett like early, and then. After that, it was just a downhill. Actually, not really. He he lands he, he lands some good shots with this powerful right hand, but that was just it. Like Yair wasn't wasn't really stunned stunned that much, and, and Yair just basically kicked just at, just just brought a, a kickboxing masterclass like on him with all variety kicks like front kick and the question mark kick, and then he obviously and then. The, the, the fucking um the standard high, high kick um, the um, the roundhouse kick yeah whatever but it was really the ground game surprising that 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 finished that finished Josh Emmett because because you know Josh Emmett took him down t- took him down if I'm remembering this correctly is I'm very tired so I probably won't be remembering this that part correctly but he got taken down and then and then Emma was ground and pounding them and then yeah you're the whole time well. While while on the bottom, like besides throwing some throwing some elbows on, on him on Emmett, well, was trying to set up a triangle choke, and, and he did. He also got the arm as well, so it was a triangle armbar, and and Emmett tapped, and that was it. Yair is the new featherweight is the new interim featherweight champion by a pretty dominant performance, mostly. Set and also second born second born. Mexican Mexican born champion, yeah, whatever. That's that's good for him. And then, and then for the main event, we got Islam Makashev successfully defending, making his first title defense against against the the the, the, the number the number one pound for pound fighter. Well, probably not anymore, but 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 at the time, right now, the the number one pound for pound and, and current featherweight ch- champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Who was coming off a win, off a dominant performance of Max Holloway, and this was a very very fun fight to watch. I I I expected, and I don't know if you expected this as well, Adam, but I expected to be a pretty dominant performance by Islam. I don't know if you did. I didn't think it'd be dominant, but I thought like he would he would have uh, like I thought I didn't think it was going all the way. Yeah, but I I expected a pretty dominant performance by Islam, and this was kind of back and forth mostly. Like the first two rounds were very very competitive. Like 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 Islam got knocked down, Alex got knocked down. It was a very competitive striking, striking, and then and then like and then it was mostly like a striking match mostly until like the fourth and fifth, which is mostly just Islam just just like wrestling him. Except actually no, not for the bit. It was it was it was Volk just emptying the, the the gas tank and then 
and then Volk, uh, and I think Volk dropped him. I don't know if there was a. I think he dropped to Islam, but uh-huh. he didn't. He didn't can't wait what. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he he dropped Islam in the in the fifth, and he didn't capitalize on it enough. I don't know why he didn't try to get back up, but but yeah, he didn't capitalize on it on it enough, and Islam like held him down successfully, and and yeah, that's how the fifth ended. Fourth round, if I remember correctly, actually, which was which was him getting the bot, was Islam get taking taking Alexander down with a beautiful takedown, and then. Gain his back and and gain the body lock in. So basically, he just he just sat in that position the whole round. And then the third was very interesting. It was basically a striking a striking round, and it was a very competitive one too. Like Islam landed some good some good counter shots, a counter left hand, while 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 Volk was landing, I think the more powerful shots in that round, and I think he took that. But this is a very very competitive fight. It was a mostly a stand up fight. And I think Volk edged edged out in the striking this match, but even though, even though like mostly like okay, I don't know why I'm trying to say this, but like, but like Islam did not have did not have more knockdowns. It was I think it was the same, but yeah, but but Islam did they did enough the, the judges scorecards, and I think they got it correctly correct. I think. I think it was a very competitive fight and a very very hard one to judge. But I did think Islam would. I I had my scorecards as as 40, 47 and they agreed and 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 Islam won for the Islam defended his title and 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 snapped Alexander Volkanovsky's twenty two fight win streak. Just insane stuff, and 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 it was a very fun fight to watch. If there if there's a contest. If there's a, okay, let me start. And if there's like someone I wanted to fight next, I don't know. Probably, probably Benil if he beats Charles or if he beats Charles. I don't know. There's not really a contender in the light, number one contender in the lightweight right now. So, so Islam can really just sit out if he really wanted to. So, but yeah. And and then if, and then since we got one and then since we got some time here. Um, we're gonna. I'm just gonna predict the next one, the next fight night card, which is, which is supposedly, which which was which was supposed to be Tyler Ty Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield, but Tyler Santos pulled out. I forgot. I forgot why, to be honest. And I don't. I, and they, I know they said on the on the UFC broadcast. I don't. I don't think they said why, or if they did, I just don't remember. But Jessica Andrade is come is coming in on short on a on a month's notice. To kind of like. And coming in like last last fighting on two on two eighty four a month ago, destroying Lauren Murphy, and 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 this can be a, this could possibly be like um this could go two ways. This could either be actually no, this like I think on I think on like definitely has a striking advantage, like a very good striker can get very reckless sometimes she just like kind of wings her punches and it mostly works somehow and and that's how she basically beat the shit out out of lauren murphy last month and and aaron blanchfield is mostly a wrestler who who is a very very good wrestler has a lot very good ground and pound has some has some good submissions as well coming off a win coming off a win over the very popular molly mccann and if you want my prediction, my short prediction, 
like um i think this will be a very very tough fight for both for both fighters and i think i think aaron blanchfield will, will would win by 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 a third third round third third round submission if you if you say some if you want me to say one i don't know probably probably like an arm triangle or something i don't know but i think aaron blanchfield will win and 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 emerge as a top five flyweight contender and i think that's it so yeah so this has been a good episode so far you know we've been kind of slacking recently but man uh fucking i just want to talk about his own versus volkanovsky man Pretty damn good fight. One of the best I've seen in a, in a little bit. And Islam's now the pound for pound best in the world, man. Mm-hmm. All without Habib in his corner as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good fight, man. It was just good. Habib like probably is leaving MMA forever, so it's it's sad, but it's it's a good reason. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is the end of the podcast. We've been kind of slacking, but hopefully we'll get back in the views of things. And I'm John. I'm Madam. This is Poison Podcast signing off.